When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Did you know that some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. The old money aesthetic is having a moment. We saw this in some pop culture moments last year. They got some major airtime on Instagram, like Sophia Richie's wedding, anything having to do with the crown season six, even Gwyneth Paltrow's courtroom outfits. At the time I'm taping this for you, the hashtag old money has nearly 12 billion views on TikTok and old money outfit fashion has 433 million views. But despite all of that, I have a hot take. For the first time in centuries, new money is more coveted than old money. Before I ask you to hear me out, we need to define some terms here. Obviously, we're going to have to define old money and new money, but first, we have to put a number on something a little more existential wealth, because that's what we're really doing when we're talking about old money versus new money. We're talking about two different types of wealth. Even though we might not have an easy definition for old money in the back of our mind, we know it when we see it. We picture women wearing 50 shades of beige, knit collegiate sweaters, men wearing polos and sunglasses. This is Rockefeller money. We know old money isn't millionaire next door status. We're talking about something a few tiers above what it means to be rich. There are lots of different ways to define this kind of wealth, but for purposes of my case, let's go with the way big banks define wealth. Banks define ultra high net worth people as people who have a net worth of more than $30 million. Now for the harder question, how do you define old money versus new money? And when, if ever, does new money become old money? Some economists have taken a stab at a criteria for these labels and have defined old money as someone whose wealth dates back three generations in their family. And new money is what's left, the people who built their wealth themselves or inherited from the generation before. But I have my own rule. My rule is, if you know the last name, but not the first name of the person who actually built wealth, it's old money. If you know the first and last name of the person who built wealth, it's new money. I'll show you how it works. Here are some examples of some old money families. Rockefeller, Carnegie, Vanderbilt, Ford, DuPont, Mellon. For how many of those legacy families do you know the first name of the person who actually built the wealth for the family? One? Maybe two? Let's contrast that with some new money names. Bezos, Gates, Musk, Kardashian, 
Buffett, Zuckerberg, Swift. You know the first names of all of those, of course. Because old money, by definition, goes several generations back, there's a higher likelihood that there are more people under the old money umbrella because with more generations, the family tree can get bigger. But as I think we can all agree after trying to remember the first name of the OG Vanderbilt, it's Cornelius, by the way, the last name carries a lot more weight than the first name. This can be really powerful and has historically given old money families all sorts of privileges. But with so many under one family tree, the public starts to lose track of individual members, which leaves room for imposters. In the early 2000s, a con man was caught pretending to be a member of the Rockefeller family. He had taken that identity to try and meet a wealthy woman to marry, which, by the way, totally worked, and he married a Harvard-educated financial lawyer. That type of impersonation would never work for a new money name because, let's be honest, we would totally notice if a new adult Kardashian popped up out of nowhere. Which isn't to say that there isn't any fraud in new money because there is. New money and old money imposters both pretend to be someone they're not, just in different ways. Old money imposters might use a fake name. New money imposters might keep their name but fake their success. Elizabeth Holmes, Sam Bankman-Fried, Charlie Jarvis, Bernie Madoff, Adam Newman, most Instagram influencers, all new money frauds. Okay, definitions are done. Let's get to my hot take. In the early 1800s, there were some cultural prejudices around old money and new money. During that time, also known as the Gilded Age, old money definitely looked down on new money. Some people believe these stereotypes are still true, but I disagree. In recent years, there's been a cultural shift in criticizing privilege, and as a result, there's increasing negative stigma toward old money. I mean, I've noticed so many more negative portrayals of new money, haven't you? Succession is a great example. I haven't watched the show for full disclosure, but I still know how dysfunctional the Roy family is. Or Saltburn, the sickest movie made in 2023. And the opposite, too. So many more movies are now made to glorify new money. Movies like Joy, The Pursuit of Happiness, Slumdog Millionaire, Wonka, Rocky, all critically acclaimed movies that celebrate new money stories. And you can even see this behind the scenes in the kinds of language we now use. In the last few years, there have been new terms to dig at old money, like privileged or nepo baby. Well, we call people from new money self-made, which is positive and celebratory. If you could choose which kind of wealth to have, would you rather be called a nepo baby or a self-made millionaire in your obituary? Yeah, me too. But let's be honest, there's stigma no matter what kind of money you have. If you have money, there's stigma. If you don't have money, there's stigma too. But what's most damaging is the internalized stigma and how it can damage your self-esteem and consequently your wealth. There are certain psychological repercussions that we see new money people have. And let me just say this again, it is awesome to have money. New money, old money, any kind of money is good. I am not losing sleep over people with more than $30 million in their bank accounts. Not to mention the psychological repercussions for people having no money is certainly more severe. But with that said, there is a phenomenon called sudden wealth syndrome that we see in successful new money folks, like someone who just sold their company for a huge payday, for example. The symptoms are feeling isolated from their friends, feeling guilty about the windfall, and extreme fear of losing their money. And then for old money families, there are psychological repercussions too. There are common reports of low self-esteem from people who have inherited money because there's this deflating feeling that they didn't earn it and therefore 
don't deserve it. But ultimately, I think the stigma around old money was always going to be more severe. And this old money, new money correction has been a long time coming because old money is counter to the American dream. Essential to the creation of the US of A was the rejection of the UK and the monarchy there. And the monarchy, by the way, is the epitome of old money. And as a result, the ideal romanticized American has always been one who comes from humble beginnings and builds their own wealth. And now I think that's starting to to permeate the mainstream. And for anyone who's remembering what I said about the hashtag old money getting billions of TikTok impressions and is now thinking, wait a minute, but there isn't a new money aesthetic hashtag, so couldn't we say that old money is more popular? Again, I say nay. We don't need a new money hashtag. That would be redundant because every freaking post on Instagram is a new money post. Social media is the place where people pretend to have more money than they do. You know what I'm talking about. But putting on fake or even real displays of wealth does nothing but hurt you. Rich people stay rich by acting like they're poor. The richest people I know aren't the ones who have to say they're rich. They aren't the ones posting about themselves in private jets. They are actually very low-key. They're the ones that are flying under the radar. So forget about how wealthy your Instagram makes you look and care more about how wealthy your bank account makes you look. That's real wealth. That's long-lasting wealth. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. New money families only become old money families if they can hold on to their wealth across generations. And one of the simplest ways to do that is through creating a will. It is simple, but it's not easy because no one likes to have these existential estate planning conversations. But it is the best way to make sure that the state doesn't eat into the money that you want to pass on to the next generation. I'll tell you this for sure. You can't be the next Rockefellers without a will. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one -on -one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.